There we go. All right. They've changed. They've changed Craig. You've changed, Craig. I don't know. I don't know how to use you anymore. You've become a whole new person. You're independent now. I don't like it. Go back to being codependent like I'm used to. Uh, how will we ever grow? Okay. And like I said, Jesse, the way this, this will work is like I'll get three different tracks and I'll be able to to do some light editing. But I don't really... <sighs> editing is not fun. I mean, it is fun a little bit, but when I'm doing something interesting with it, but just going through and like scrubbing out little minor noises and shit, it's not, it's not very fun. Um, so just if either, with that, I don't think it's necessary either. I think it interrupts the flow of the conversation. I think, oh. I think recordings in general should be very, candid i don't know i approach it the same way as i do my photography which is as little editing as possible like get it get as much of it in the camera in, as possible yep. and that because that actually displays a true skill level because anybody can take a photo and edit it edit the crap out of it and make something interesting uh it's the per people who can take an interesting photo to begin with and you know some light brushing uh, yeah, I like but... to think it was it's like uh, anytime you try and take a picture of a sunset that's so beautiful and post it on Facebook you never capture the sunset it really you don't you have a nice camera in your phone it's it's maybe the best possible it's an iPhone you know 99 or whatever but to capture something to simply capture it not create it to capture it is a very hard skill and this is also related to whenever Someone takes a picture of themselves and they say, oh, I look so funny or I don't like my face. You can also mm -hmm. let them know, hey, have you ever tried to take a photo of an incredibly beautiful sunset? How does that photo come out? It, it just doesn't capture it, right? This selfie is not going to do you justice. No. Why would it? How could it? Like, you're beautiful. Don't worry about it. Also, the focal length on your camera, on your cell phone lens is probably not that great and is literally adding pounds. So, how many cameras were on you? <laughs> Camera adds ten pounds. There's you actually are onto something here, Fabian. Like in all honesty, too. Like I can't tell you how many groups I'm a part of where it's like, I think Selfie Monday got moved to Selfie Saturday. In general, though, I've kind of found to the or come to the point where I'm like, I don't really like taking selfies of me just because. <sighs> It's not necessarily like looking in the mirror, but it's pretty damn close. But I feel like selfies in general are just like acts of like I've kind of gotten to the point. I'm sorry. I'm now I'm kind of on a slight tangent. My apologies. No, yeah. go for it. I, I, I feel like if I'm going to take a selfie now that I'm like almost six months into my sobriety, I would much rather just look at Alicia and be like, I need a, or, or Shayna and just be like, I need a little bit of validation. Validate me, please. It's tell me so I'm, much. It's so much more I'm gratifying. Pretty. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I would oh. very much rather Shayna at least just be like, you are so pretty than just like begging for random internet stranger points at this point. But then do you go through a spiral where it's like, okay, but do you mean that? Or, <laughs> you just saying it because I, I asked you to, or no, huh? Because that we have a but very... no, 
what an wait, asshole wait, wait. I am. I've laid a trap for you. I've made this an impossible situation for you. That's on me. God, I'm the monster. And is that <laughs> is that not what everybody does? Wow, Sometimes. Corwin. <laughs> that was well illustrated. I was on that ride. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's relatable, right? Like, it's not just... Uh-huh. Just... Okay, but are, did you are you saying uh huh because you know that I want you to or <laughs> so uh okay well welcome everybody to the inaugural episode of the crow bin um, I don't I've got I've got <laughs> no intro music <laughs> is that is that a play on Corwin so in my in my job I deal with customers a lot and just random ass people end up e- emailing me because they see my name uh on some report that i've printed out at some point and they has ended up in their inbox uh so a lot of our a shocking number of our customers just email us from their phone and you know how autocorrect is on your phone um mm. corwin is not a real name for a lot of android phones <laughs> And so somebody emailed, somebody emailed me from their Android phone. And I know this because it put the sent from my Android thing on the bottom. And I, they mistyped my name or the phone didn't recognize it as uh, a real name. And it auto replaced, or at least I, I assume it auto replaced Corwin with Crowbin. So it's like, hi, Crowbin. And then, message and at first it was funny but i kept thinking about crowbin like just the this image of a laundry basket full of angry crows just pissed off corvids trapped in a tiny enclosed space unable to escape and i was like hold on i think that guy somehow that guy accidentally tapped into something in my brain it's like I I relate to this mental image of just a bunch of fucking angry birds. They're smart. They're going in all different directions. They're fighting each other. They're trying to get out. Just, I I relate to that as like the, okay, if I could represent what my brain is ninety percent of the time, it would just be a laundry basket full of pissed off crows. That's wonderful. And, and Black so slaps a laundry basket and says, this basket's got 16 crows in it. You can fit so many crows in this bad boy. Smack. You know, anagrams have often been regarded as powerful uh, tools of insight by some of the wisest people in the world, uh, namely the Illuminati. So put a pin in that one. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Smoke that pen. So, but I, I and I also thought that uh, Crowbin would be a good title for the podcast because I mean, a it's a little self indulgent because yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of my my actual name, but also that mental image of just a bunch of angry crows trapped in a tiny space. Uh, it seems in like not indicative. It seems representative of a lot of aspects of, you know, the kind of people I like to hang out with, 
you know, I like to hang out with people who can understand me and the people who can understand me are people like you and Jesse and just other people who probably have a lot of the same struggles and a lot of the same, uh, little nerd. The word gets used so much that I'm almost hesitant to use it, but like the same kinds of neurodivergence, uh, you know, just walking around every day with your head full of all these thoughts going in different directions with no aim, no purpose, but they're just trapped in your head. And sometimes that man, like they form like a, the worst Voltron ever. They form together and they cause anxiety or they cause, uh, executive mis dysfunction or they like, does that make sense? Yes, uh, I was watching like a, a a bunch of ADHD or ADD TED talks recently, and uh, this one guy was talking about how like yeah there is a specific gene and he named off the letters and numbers of whatever it was. And he says that ADD people have and it inhibits the uh, production of dopamine, and so whenever you have a room with ten people sitting there, most of those people chemically in their brain feel fine. They're just sitting there, but the person with ADD does feel a deficiency in dopamine and dopamine is what makes you feel fun or happy and so that person is geared wired naturally selected over millennia to go seek dopamine so we are the people that if you were like say uh you know you're you're uh, you're trying to sharpen a rock against another rock and you're staring at this and you're a caveman out on the savannah and you're just focused on this you finally got it it's almost just the right shape but you are so focused on this that you didn't hear the tiger in the grass behind you and it got you, so you don't procreate. Well, mm -hmm. imagine another situation where everybody's sitting around the fire, talking, 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 and you just can't sit by the fire any longer. So you kind of get, you, you're always watching, you're always listening, you're, 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 everything is seeking that next hit of dopamine just because what's in front of you isn't good enough. And you're the one that hears the grass rustle, and you're the one that runs and grabs a spear and leads three guys out there, and you kill the fucking thing, and now you're fucking everybody else's wives. So we're the ones naturally selected to not just be fine in the room. Our brains are always turning everything inside out, over, left, right, upside down, trying to find that next different thing. And this guy, his whole point was that the world needs people that are impulsive, that are creative, that are just not fine sitting in the chair. They cheers got me that, thinking. Good. I said, just cheers to that. Also, yeah, Corwin, yeah. your whole spiel before Fabian got into that really awesome little spent there my brain immediately went towards uh uh bills rent horrible news with your powers combined i am adult in depression <laughs> like uh, yeah like yeah and each each one of those things gets a crow in your head that no, 100 yeah. screeching about it constantly um but back to fabian's what fabian was saying i it it got me thinking like uh, yeah, the, the caveman who is so focused on sharpening that rock is for hours and hours to finally get something that's usable and is going to break the first time you actually stab a mammoth with it. Um, but it's all right. There's no internet, so you got nothing else to do. But that guy who gets eaten by the lion uh, probably learned that paradoxically from some guy who had eight or some woman who had ADHD, who was the first one to think, hold on, 
what if we just rub these two rocks together? What happens? Oh, one of them gets sharp. I found that out after eight hours of intense focus, like just ultra focus on this one thing, because for reasons that I can't explain, this thing is all I want to do right now. So thank you for sharing that. I I wish, sorry, like a hundred percent. I, okay. Admittedly had kind of a shitty day at work, not because of any one particular person's fault. Just, I don't know. It's just been a kind of exhausting mental, physical, emotional day. I, two things. I had two kind of wane moments today. Oh, wait. Yes. Yes. Before we, (laughs) before we get to that. Um, So I definitely want to talk about your two kind of wane moments because I love wane moments. Um, So for this episode, just to have something to talk about just to and because it is my current hyper focus uh we're talking about the first episode of this show called wayne just wayne on amazon prime not wayne's world just wayne uh and it's a name that is a little difficult for the three of us because we all came from walgreens you all know what i'm talking about uh, that that name has a certain association that you kind of have to get over. <laughs> uh, but Wayne is an excellent show. Just wanted to talk about it. And mostly I wanted friends to talk about it with. And this is the only way I could convince anybody to watch it. <laughs> so. My kid was like, is this about Batman? Actually, there's a 2013 show called Wayne, apparently. I've yet to find a single episode. There's a 2013 show called Wayne? There's a, yeah, and it's supposed to be about Batman. Huh. Wait. Um, not Gotham. Not Gotham? Yeah, but I, that's what I was thinking. I don't know. I'll have to huh. double check it. But no, uh, Wayne, not about Batman. It's about a uh, very unique kid in... Brockton, Massachusetts. Well, it starts out in Brockton, Massachusetts. Park the car in the garage. Um, with an eclectic cast of characters, pretty much all of them unlikable when you first meet them. But as the show progresses, like we'll get into that later. But as the show progresses, like you, you find some characters that you're like, ah, oh, this is a waste of space. Fun to watch, but a waste of space. They you. It's a multifaceted show that does an excellent job. All the characters are like that, damn. Uh, not all of them. Like some of them live in Florida. Those all the Floridians in this show completely irredeemable, <laughs> as is proper. But uh, anyway, just wanted to talk about Wayne. Um, what did you, Fabian like? You sent me a text message uh, earlier. Uh, after I said, like, hey, you ready to go? And one of the messages was, why this? And I was like, hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, did I, you well, like it? <laughs> I did. So I watched it. I had it on this morning, and I was kind of half distracted. And I was kind of surprised that I was half distracted, because lately when I put things on, I've been, like, trying to be on my phone less. And so mm-hmm. and I was watching it, and I was like, I don't understand, like, what 
the the hook was as I was watching it. I wasn't really paying attention, and but often it's like, oh, uh, there you know a secret government um, two agents that hunt down that look for the truth and hunt down UFO bodies. Like usually there's something about this thing, um, and this was like I just couldn't follow what was going on. I, you know when I rewatched it. I followed it more, but like at first it kind of even threw me off. Cause like he walks up to this random kid walks up to these two guys, they talk some shit and he throws a rock through a window. And I know in storytelling, sometimes it's effective to just kind of start in the middle and like you start to unfold the character from there to kind of draw in the, the viewer or the listener. And like, you're not supposed to know what's going on, but sometimes like it's not a trick that's so easy. It just works every fucking time. Otherwise everybody fucking do it. So this time it didn't work for me. Whenever I was watching this kid walk up and he throws the rock through the window and this guy comes out and bitches at him and then hits the kid, I'm just kind of like, I'm just not connecting with this scene. It's like, I don't know just enough, just a nugget more that I would like connect with it. It so, I just, it's, uh, it's like when somebody tells you a joke, but they put the punchline a little bit wrong. All the pieces mm-hmm. are there for the joke, but it's just a little bit out of order. That's how I felt initially. I think that's probably why I didn't immediately start just following it. But on the rewatch, I just, you know, set my phone aside and watched it. And, um, and it's good. I do like it. Yeah. So I had the complete opposite experience. Mm-hmm. I figured, I figured there was something that resonated with you right off the bat. The, and it's, I'm, I feel like I'm just starting to get a handle on what this thing is that I see in certain characters and certain people in history um, that really resonates like doesn't resonate with me because that implies that like oh I see that in myself and I don't but I see that as a problem like I wish that like this is something to aspire to the the first few minutes of the the show Wayne like rocks up on a shitty little bike in Brockton, Massachusetts. He's got heavy metal going on in the background and it leads you to believe like, Oh, the thrash metal, not thrash metal. I don't white guy. I I don't know music too good. Um, (laughs) but the, it's just a basic good rock. It's just a good heavy rock band thing. Yeah. Good. Like a good heavy rock riff. And it leads you to believe, Oh, here comes a badass. Like that's kind of what we're taught. Heavy rock means badass. And then it's just the skinny, skinny kid on a shitty bike. And he rocks up on these two guys and two guys looking shady as fuck. It, there's, it's three young punks. They're all standing outside smoking yeah. cigarettes by the stop sign. The, the, these are the people that lo- anti-loitering laws were written for because <laughs> old white people don't like to see these people just hanging around because they got to be up to trouble. Um, and one of them goes, get the fuck out of here. Like in a really confrontational way. And Wayne just stares at him. And then he, the guy who you, who's probably used to people doing what he says when he threatens them, because most people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to risk maiming or serious injury. Um, kind of confused for a second, walks up to him, flicks his cigarette in Wayne's face. And Wayne just kind of, he flinches a little bit. He's human. He's got a nervous system that does things, whatever. Um, and says, get the fuck out of here. And in response, instead of getting the fuck out of here, Wayne drops his bike, picks up a chunk of ice 
and just chucks it through a window. And they go, what the? This is not how, that's not how this interaction works. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And then the guy, a guy inside comes storming out. Who the fuck did that? And they, they point at Wayne and the guy comes up to him, lays hands on him and says, get the, like, get the fuck out of here. You motherfucker!" like just goes off on him. And in response, Wayne spits in his face. So the guy like Spartan kicks him into a pile of snow and just starts wailing on him. Just Wayne is like, there's blood splashing on the snow. Very good shot. Wayne is just taking it. And when the guy finally wears himself out on Wayne's body, he stands up. He says, "Now nah, I don't want to see you around like something in something Boston like that. I don't want to see you around here anymore. What, what the fuck ever he says. And he goes back and he's out of breath because he's, he's like spent himself hurting this guy that he's mad at. Wayne stands up, kind of wipes his mouth and goes and picks up another chunk of ice. And his response to all of this is to break the other window. And then everybody is just, what the fuck? The, the guy's they, response when he chunks the second piece of ice. He's just like, what the what fuck? The fuck? Like, <laughs> he goes from angry to just simply confused. Like, how? Why? You, what? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to compute that. And then he and just wa- walks Wayne off. He just walks off. And he doesn't take his bike with him that he rode there. No. No, he, he doesn't take his bike uh, that admittedly the other guys are like, oh, let's wreck his bike. And they throw it on the ground once. It's like kind of like step on it. I don't, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> the worst excuse for trashing somebody's bike ever. Uh, and Wayne just walks off and then pa, 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 Wayne across the across the screen. Those first those first few minutes are just captivating to me. I I. I understand that other people are going to have different tastes and different, like they're going to get different things from it. But I thank you for explaining to me <laughs> that how it could be that somebody wouldn't see that and go, this is the best fucking thing ever. You it, know? it was so bad when the title screen dropped, I read it as a Wanye. Ah. Ah. Kidding, kidding. These are the jokes, folks. Yes. Um, I, very funny, very funny. I'm, I'm hurting inside because, you know, there's a part of me that's like, no, everybody must see what I see. And uh, I'm Although, actually, watching you're te- that down. Your telling of it right now was better than the show, the show's production of it, to me. That's where I think maybe well, some of the tonality, like, it, or I guess in what I experience tonality, what communicates and lands with me, like the way that you, the picture you just painted, I think is what you saw. And yeah. it, I, I just, it's, those aren't the same color gradings and so forth that resonate with me or that connect with me. And so like, I totally get what you see and it was on the screen, but you just told it really, really, really well. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, I'm just expressing my interpretation of that and you expressed your, inter- it, the way you told it and you told it well. You like you, you, you did it just as much justice as I did. You just told a different viewpoint 
on it. And the way you told it, I was like, oh, wow. I mean, when you put it like that, yeah, it's kind of... I want you to describe more TV shows to me. (laughs) Why the fuck do I? I, It's got to be a TV show that I'm super excited about. From now on, we do not need any more TV shows. We just need Corwin explaining the whole whole episode to us. I, I think we just... We just hit upon our, uh, our, our, like the whole gist of this podcast is Corwin talks about shows that he really likes and people are nice enough to listen for five minutes. Um, but, uh, and I, Jesse, I used this example with you. Um, but Fabian, have you ever heard of a band called The Refreshments? Yes. So, you know the song European Swallow? No. I only know the uh, one. Um the the one from King of the Hill. No. So so uh, just Star how Shepard far Enterprise. down yeah, do you want to go? How far down do you Yeah. Um Sorry, I'm I'm trying to get the song out of my head now. I've, <laughs> no, I've got a crow can't do it. I've got a crow assigned to that song now in my Ro- head. Roger Klein's <sighs> secret mutant power is to write ridiculously pop hits. Yeah, um, but the the song European Swallow, it's kind of like one of the B-sides of theirs, I guess. Uh, it's not a super popular song that they've done, but it's the one that always captivated me because it's this guy who goes into a bar and a girl comes up to him and says, hey, I'll do anything for you. I'll do anything you want me to. It's just going to take a little more money. And he's talking to this girl and a guy comes up and pops him in the nose and he falls on his back and it gets blood on his clothes. Um, and the guy says, Hey, skinny white boy, what you think about that? And the guy just looks at him and says, I don't know. It doesn't change much. Anything. I still don't think that much of your girlfriend, like just accepting the violence, accepting what has just happened and not giving a fuck. Like, and that kind of goes into this concept I've been fiddling with in my head that I'm having a hard time uh, verbalizing that I feel like Wayne, Wayne, like watching Wayne for the fourth or fifth time uh, has finally helped me start to conceptualize. Uh, and it's that attitude of just, uh, hey, I have this opinion, my opinion your windows should be fucking broken. You beat the shit out of me. Doesn't change my opinion. Doesn't change my goal. Doesn't change uh, what I think needs to happen, which is that your other fucking window needs to be broken. You ever see a Man on the Moon, Jim Carrey movie where he plays Andy Kaufman? Yeah. Okay, there's a movie behind that movie called um, Me and Andy. And it's like all the behind the scenes footage that they shot documentary style that they wouldn't let him release for like five years. And, uh, and it's Jim Carrey staying in characters, Andy Kaufman for like the whole filming. And it's crazy. But towards the beginning of, um, they kind of give a little backstory on Jim Carrey and talk about how, whenever he, um, first started to kind of blow up as a comedian, he did impressions and he kind of got to this point where he was, it was so easy for him and he was, you know, killing it on Carson. And he realized, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to be this. I don't want to, be other people i I want to i want to be funny and he would like uh start going to the comedy store and he just threw away his entire act and he would go up there and he'd have no idea what he's going to say and he would just stand there in the moment and just like let whatever happened happen 
And one night he was laying in bed and he was talking about how he was trying to figure out what is it, what is it, what is it, what is it? And it finally hit him. He's like, oh, people want to be free from concern. So when I go on that stage, I can be free from concern and they'll feel it. And that's what would make them laugh. Like, so the next night he goes up there and he says, hello, how's everybody doing tonight? All righty then. And he said, I didn't wait for them to answer. I don't care what their answer is going to be. I'm doing the show. And that's kind of related to you. I don't care if you punch me in the face. Your window needs to be broken. This free from concern, this like immutability about yourself is something we all kind of want. Because it's kind of like whatever comes along, the breakup, the divorce, death, that some part of us will will stay. And... Mm -hmm. It may sometimes it's just like you're gonna kick my ass, but it's not gonna change anything. Yeah, like there's this immutable core somewhere inside that can't be touched unless we let somebody touch it. Like, but there is the rub. How do you get to that point? Show well, me on the immutable core where he touched you. <laughs> uh, the I can't think of anything. One thing that I wanted to say on this on, on the podcast is like. And something that I'm trying to keep in mind right now is like, I can't try to be funny because trying to be funny is kind of like trying to be cool. If you mm-hmm. try, nobody likes it. So um, I can't think of anything funny to say about a mute. That was good, Fabian. Sorry. Thank you. Um, I tried to tried to one up and I, I couldn't. You, you reached the peak and I couldn't I couldn't ascend any further. Um, what the fuck was I saying? You know, it's funny. I was just reading uh, God, this the uh, Tibetan book of living and dying. I just, I've, I've been cracking it open for the last 12 years every once in a while. And uh, I read this one passage I was talking about, uh, uh, you know, our sense of attachment is where we get suffering from. And so you imagine taking a coin in your palm and holding it out face down, your hand face down. And if you were to like open your hand, that coin would drop to the ground because c- gravity. And so you, you grasp it. But there is, a, there is a way to hold the coin without gripping it. So you turn your palm face up and you open your hand and the coin rests there in your palm. And so what's saying is there is a way to go through life and appreciate things, to treasure them, to let them be beloved to you, but to not hold on to them, not try to own them, that whenever they're gone or they're over, they can just go away and you won't suffer the loss you will appreciate and treasure what it was. And, um, and it's similar to trying to be cool, trying to make someone love you. You know, you take them for granted for two years in the relationship, and just as they start to finally get fed up and pull away, suddenly you try and love bomb them, and it just pushes them away harder. And it's something I've always been referred to as the dodge. Like some things, to do them, you have to come at them sideways. Like if you want to quit smoking, take up running, that kind of thing. If you want to get girls, take care of yourself, motherfucker. Like, yeah. if you don't want to be around you, no one else is going to want to either. Like, some of these things, you can't just do the thing. You have because it'll dodge you. You're, you're kind of, you're foreshadowing and touching on some things that I, as I, I, my plan was to continue watching the show and just talk about it, you know, if you guys want to join me. Yeah. Um, uh, with future episodes you're foreshadowing some concepts and some things uh that 
I've picked up from the show where that has me 100% convinced that as violent as he is, Wayne is the modern day Buddha. Like he's, Oh, he, if you pay attention there, there are some downright Eastern philosophy things to pull from the Tao of Wayne, the way he is. And it's, like yeah i'm very excited the the this concept that has apparently like i can kind of connect the dots like it's always been something that's interested me throughout my life uh even before you know watching columbo or listening to the refreshments or you know all these little things that's like why why am i so fascinated with this thing why why is this such a a hook for me um is this concept and this is again i can't i'm having a hard time verbalizing it because i'm still trying to put the puzzle pieces together um so this is probably something that already has a definition that i'm trying to reinvent the wheel and trying to define uh and i'm probably going to have a different definition than whatever you find on wikipedia um ego death it's and every time i try to look up what ego death actually is it always descends into uh explanations given by people who have either a done way too much fucking lsd or or whatever hallucinogenic drug uh has opened their mind or it goes toward this it's probably a problem with me uh but it starts to go into this kind of hokey sounding eastern like western understanding of eastern philosophy that you know they they use terms and words as though you're supposed to just understand what the and it just comes off as bullshit to me um so i'm trying to put it together in my own head and just this concept of uh separation from your self I... see this is the wall i always hit like i i know what it feels like and it's just really hard to describe it but like wayne is living in a constant state of ego death and Columbo, constant state of ego death. Like, all of my favorite characters have this same trait, even though on screen they are entirely different people. They're so confident. They have... But where does that confidence come from? It okay, comes so from... Is... No, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, well, where does that confidence come from? It comes from not caring, or not necessarily not caring... Uh, but not having a stake in a certain view of them or a certain outcome. So like if Columbo goes into a case, he goes into it, he, at no point is he like, I'm going to solve this. At no point does he say like, oh yeah, this is simple or easy or uh, whatever. And it, he kind of plays, he has no problem setting ego or setting pride aside and just 
letting them think he's a fucking moron. And that's one of the things that helps him get him. Um, Wayne doesn't care if you punch him in the face. He doesn't care what you think about him. He doesn't lie. Uh, that's a common thing throughout the entire show. Wayne, it's not that he's incapable of lying. He just doesn't because he doesn't see the point in it. Because why do people lie? Make themselves look better than they are often. Yeah. Like you're protecting this concept of yourself that you want other people to have. Wayne doesn't see the point in that. So he just doesn't lie because he, he's not married to other people thinking that he's a good person. He, he, he has no attachment to that, that his ego is fucking dead. And from that comes a kind of freedom. And in future episodes, like you were talking about, you, you, uh, you don't want somebody to leave you. You don't want, uh, like the, uh, what you're talking about. Like there's a way to keep this coin from dropping. Don't hold on to it. Just, you know, laying it on the back of your hand. You, you're still holding the coin, but you're not gripping it. Um, or, uh, you're not love bombing somebody who you feel drifting away from you. Uh, Wayne has achieved that through ego death. And, and that'll be more obvious in future episodes because right after the confrontation with the three hoodlums, uh, four hoodlums, Wayne goes home uh, to his dying father. Uh, and which also goes into like, don't hold on. Holding on to people is going to hurt because spoilers, his dad fucking dies uh, at the end of the very first episode. And uh, when is that? Hmm, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Sorry, the crows are going crazy. Somebody no, else good. take over. I, what I was going to say is like, okay, so like, the actual definition of ego death is complete loss of subjective self-identity. I guess my biggest frustration or struggle was like, you know, subjective. What is the definition of subjective based on or influenced by personal feelings, tastes, or opinions? So everything that you are comfortable with or readily identify with as like a self-identity, you completely lose all form of that. Like your, mm. your, your construct of what makes you, you and the things that you like. Cause for the first whole episode, anything, we, anytime we ever see him eat anything, it's fucking beef jerky for crying out loud. Like, yeah, he, I'm eating my lunch. He's, he's eating his, I mean, and lunch. he's got a fucking slim gym. <laughs> and it's like, which well, he tosses away just to hurt that guy's, like, the dog is, like, sniffing it. He kind of encourages a little bit. And then the guy's shitty to him, so he, he tosses his lunch away just to fuck with that guy. Because fuck that guy. That guy's an asshole. So, earlier, I said I had a couple of Wayne moments today. Well, yes. I really feel like it was just like one, like first thing right off in the morning. Um, I live uh, on the northern side of Lake Fayetteville. And so I was snaking my way out of the backside of the neighborhood. 
and got out on one of the main roads to start heading towards work this morning. Um, and a school bus was coming towards me and it had the yellow that turned to the red and the giant arms swung out. Um, so I went ahead and stopped decently far away. Not like, you know, ridiculously far, but far enough away. Um, a car behind me this morning, though, decided that I was not close enough for said red light flashing lights and decided to um, pass around me. And like part of my brain this morning got very irritated, much like Wayne walking out of the office and seeing his friend being picked on for, you know, during his lunch date. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately wanted to like like so the car turned off left um like hadn't even cut the lights yet and it just like kept going um in the state of arkansas it is illegal to pass a or to you know drive past a car or a bus with their lights on or whatever um yeah that's how kids that whole, that yeah 100 yeah, so but that whole like you know writings of writing wrongs or whatever i think the principle is like if you keep going around writing wrongs your entire life like that's all your life's gonna be um I've really been trying to just breathe, especially in these last six months and just like, um, what's, what's a big concept I've been trying. I've been trying to mind my own fucking business. Just like, you know, it's, uh, it's hard. That's mind really hard. Mind my business. That's really fucking hard for me to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a total Wayne moment. Like I wanted to. I kept going. Follow him. Yeah, I wanted to follow him. Just be like, dude, why do you got to be such a dick? Like, what was the whole point of that? Like, do you understand? That's how kids get hit and die. Um, mm. But well, I just continued on. But it, the car took a left and it went this strange, weird back way to get on. And he tried to, like, bypass the light. And we all ended up passing him anyways. And he was <laughs> stuck behind us. Yeah. So I had a little I had to have a little chuckle this morning. It was like, see. The life will take care of itself. Life will take care of itself. Yep. Have my little Wayneism this moment or this morning. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, just to speak on that, like another benefit, I think, of this concept of ego death is like all of the, like when I really think about it, when I'm not so attached to my vision of myself or my myself in general, um, then all of the little irritations suddenly don't fucking matter. Like, this is not something that is being done to me. This is just something that happened. And you can just, you don't even have to let it go because you never grabbed it in the first place. That's... It seems hard to do. I don't know why. My brain yeah. says that seems hard to do. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's the default mode for anybody except for maybe Wayne. Um, but I, I also think Wayne is autistic. Like, and I'll get more into that. But like on my fifth watch through, I'm like, this guy is autistic. Like, I, he has autism. He just happens to live in Brockton, Massachusetts, where nobody recognizes autism as a thing. Or they they still think that autism is something that if you if you're autistic then you are the the kind of the stereotypical extreme version of autism. Yeah, the the kind of aut- autism that 
you know, makes you uh, completely incompatible to our society. I don't want to say I, I don't like the they can't high... grasp they can't grasp the concept of a spectrum. Yeah, like I, and and th- I don't want to say high functioning or low functioning because it's it's ableist and I really think like it's just the brain functions differently and some people uh, are lucky enough to have autism but their particular brand of autism makes them somewhat more compatible with how we've set up how life works than others you know um sorry that's another thing that i'm kind of going off on but wayne's I, I need brand a soundboard of... for the crow every time you start to do that just to be like Ca-ca! and that would <laughs> that'll, that'll bring me back you need animations I... little animations you could trigger where the little crows come in the creep in from the corners yeah and i'll see the animations and I can just be like okay corn like let's dial it back let's get back on on point uh, but you said you had two well, and I don't know if it was a weenism this morning, but uh, shit. Was it the uh, the whole concentration thing? Just being able to focus on like one thing. I at work today, I found myself getting very frustrated with just the ability other coworkers have to just focus on like their job, if that makes any sort of sense. Like they just like they can I've, hone it in and just fucking like they're there a hundred percent. I've heard that there are people out there who can do that. <laughs> like uh, uh, Morgan, she is probably one of the best packers we have, hands down. And she does her job ninety five percent faster than the rest of us. All while while having an earbud in her ear and streaming Netflix of mm. some sort on the side, and just does her job. Like it's like she can outpack us like four to one easily. It's stupid. Um, but just in general, like just that whole Wayne attitude of just being unfazed about the things that were getting in her way of her job. Like, mm-hmm. meanwhile, I had to move from one station to another, and my whole world was like, no, I don't want to rage flip this table right now. Like, fuck this right. shit. I don't know. Right. Just, because that was a thing that was it was done to you it was a thing that I wasn't even i did it voluntarily like, to myself like just r- right, stupid. right like like, it, like that doesn't matter though like on an instinctual level it still feels like oh this is a god damn it this is a thing yeah. that is happening to me and but it's not it's, it's not happening to me it's just a thing that's happening it's a thing that's happening like the like there's a lot of uh discussion around like oh you have to be able to accept you have to be able to accept what happened blah 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 uh when it comes to wayneism or ego death or whatever it's like like when mm, getting ahead of myself again um slay roll corwin damn no nah, sorry um it's the worst podcast ever when like when wayne's dad dies at the end what was Wayne's reaction? Uh, immediately to find the car. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just like, it wasn't a grieving process. It was just a, 
I know happened. what I this has happened. I know what I have to do now. Yeah. No. Or he's just so, like, this is what I'm doing. He obviously loved his dad, right? He cared for his dad. He talked to his dad. And he, uh, as we go through the episodes, there's a lot of little things that indicate how much his dad had an influence on him and how much he cared about his dad or cares about his dad. Um, but when he walks away to scare off the kids shooting off fireworks outside his cancer patient dad's uh, window, when he comes back and he sees that his dad is dead, once he realizes what's happened, he sits down and he takes a minute and he thinks. You, we, it, the show doesn't tell you how much time he spent there, but he thinks. And then he gets up and you realize that the thing he was thinking about was what to do next. He wasn't trying to accept the death of his dad. He just was coming up with the plan for what's next. The plan for what ne what's next being this Odyssean quest for this car that got stolen from his dad and that his dad, it was the last thing his dad said to him before he died, which was, you should have had that car. So the he probably isn't in love with the car or anything. He He doesn't really care about the car. What he cares about is his dad said, you should have had that. And very black and white, like this is how it should be viewpoint from Wayne. Yeah. Which, like, which is, is a symptom of autism. So like, I'm uh, very much understanding that. Like, uh, when you first told me about that, like how he has that very black and white viewpoint, like I'm starting to see that very much. So yeah. Well, the, when he goes to the principal's office, the principal says like, you have like right <laughs> and wrong. Like, the whole interaction between him and the principal, sweet Jesus. But uh, when he re comes in and realizes that his dad has died while he's been gone, he's he spends zero time accepting that because he doesn't see the point in accepting it because acceptance is not like this thing happening is not con contingent on whether or not he accepts that it happened. It happened. And so... He spends that time. He says goodbye, Dad. Like he's respectful. Like he expresses affection for his dad. He set and his dad on done. fire. <laughs> well, I mean, his dad was dead first. Yeah, but, this is true. Yeah, which is another thing. Like he. Well, we'll get into that later. But um, the he spends zero time accepting it. He's just spends that time coming up with a plan for what to do. And what he wants to do is go get the fucking car. And that kind of comes back to ego death and just acceptance and how outside influence doesn't have to affect our core, the, the touchy feely, sexy core that you just want to touch. But the, does that make sense? Kind of. Okay. I mean, right. I get, I get what you're getting at. No, hundred percent though. Hmm. Like the, uh, just like, there's no time. There's no, like, there's no emotional process of the fact that his dad has died. Like he doesn't react like, like very much in character with the rest of the show. He does not react like you would expect him to. We're all just kind of going 
like when he goes and gets the bike and then like you realize shit's on fire we're all like the winded guy who just beat the shit out of him just going what the fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> like 100%. really like you just set your shit on fire and you're just like bouncing out and it's it kind of goes to that concept of like this is a thing that happened. I can love my dad more than anybody, but him being gone just means that the time I had with him is the time I had with him. I'm not going to get any more. Uh, okay, let's go do this. Let's go do this thing over here, uh, which is respect his dad's, what he thinks of as his dad's last wishes, you know? I, I I find something beautiful in that. Like you can, you can still care deeply about something and someone. And when they're gone, it doesn't have to hurt you. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to destroy you just because you don't get, you don't get that much more time with them. You know, uh, you, 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 you don't have to let, the fact that you don't get any more conversations or any more days with them, you don't have to let that sad fact affect how you feel about them for the rest of the time that you did have with them. Is it, right? So I think, I think I have an idea here. So okay. um, just like you said, Columbo and the parallel with him and, uh, and Wayne, neither give a fuck what anyone thinks about them. So Columbo walks in and people, the, the, whoever committed the murder, you know, he's on, he's on their tail. He's having conversations with them. They're all trying to talk their way out of it and act normal and play it off and give all these excuses. And they talk down to him and he's obviously can tell that they're like treating him like a, like a dumbass. And then he comes in with that thing. Of, oh yeah. One more thing. He doesn't care that they are treating him like he's stupid. That doesn't phase him. Doesn't shake him. It's not his first rodeo. So Wayne also doesn't care what people think about him. So there was a Greek philosopher, I think his name was Seneca, and he would do, there's like all these different books that he's written that people still revere today. And one of the exercises he would do was he would wear robes in colors that were out of fashion at the time. So he could desensitize himself to not giving a fuck what anybody thought about. If they cracked jokes on him, if they looked at him weird, he would just force himself to go about his day and command the same respect. And so it comes back to, like you're saying, that ego death, this sense of like, I don't care. I'm, I'm uninfluenced by the wind. So like the other day, I was in the pickup line at my kid's school. And the way we pull into the parking lot, traffic comes from two opposite directions. And everybody takes fucking turns. They're supposed to. For some reason, when I get up to the front of the line to turn, take my turn to go in, the car across from me just pops in there. And then the car behind them, like, scooted their little nose on behind them. And I was like, what the fuck? And there's a teacher there who's, like, reading our, uh, our these hangers that hang from our review mirrors that have, like, our student's name and a, a specific number for them. And I almost wanted to be like, do something. Tell them to stop. And I, I want to honk. And I want to just jump my fucking car in front of them. Like, I wanted to pull into that parking lot, get out and knock on the window and say, do you not understand that we're supposed to be civil fucking people here? But I can't do those things, one. And then my mind went to, what about me and my car? 
my color of my car, the the make of it, the just the look, the uh, the way that my my my, my um, am I looking staring off into space here? Like, is there something about me that makes it seem like you can just cut and fuck in front of me, two three cars in a row? And I realized, I want the fault to be on me. I don't want it to be just a random thing. I want to have some control over it. My ego and my sense of like pecking order in the world gives me control to some degree. It gives me orientation. And I feel like I need it. I feel like it can benefit me if I can like play the game here. But what it ends up happening is it takes control away from me. I'm not logical. And so I think that, that it's like the, uh, like the dodge we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Wayne... Whenever he has his ego death and his fucking dad dead, it's not like, Father, I'm going to avenge you. It's not about that. Like, everything sucks, and his dad just died. He's got no parents. I'm going to go get my fucking car back. It's just as simple as that. Because the universe is uncaring in the end. It doesn't matter if you were married for 60 years. One of you is dying alone. It doesn't matter if you're, a, if you're a mama dog who had a litter of puppies. Sometimes those dogs eat the puppies. It doesn't yep. matter if you're a gazelle, an alligator can still snatch you down into the water. In the end, even though we have poetry and cinema and children and love and marriage, none of it matters when you've got fucking supernovas that will just devour star systems. It doesn't matter. So just go get your fucking car back. Yeah. And that actually kind of correlates, well, not correlates, that just sparked my brain. My brother a long time ago found one of my journals. Um, when I was looking at my grandmother's, and he like read through all the you know ridiculous, emotional-filled trauma like teachings and or teachings writings of mine, and found a clean piece of paper, and he wrote down this little saying that sticks with me every now and then, and I do tend to forget it, and I don't know why. Um, but basically, the universe is a giant Xerox machine. Whatever you say to it, it's just going to Xerox it and give it right back to you. If you say, woe is me, I've got no money, that universe is going to be like, yep, you're one broke joke. Um, but if you tell yourself, you know, it's kind of like faking it till you make it, you know, like I've, I've got things covered. I've got a roof over my head. There's food in the fridge. I've got water to drink. Like things could be a hell of a lot worse or worse things happen to better people then like you can also just be humble in life um it it's hard though like that um i don't know what it is about my brain that uh core when you were talking about the whole like um like whenever his dad dies just or like letting something go or letting you know people go or whatever um i don't know what it is that was written in my brain or why my brain was written that way. But there are certain things that just, um, without getting into it too deep, um, it's taken me a long time to realize just how deeply my, uh, my, sorry, this is, I don't know if this needs a trigger warning or whatnot, but, this is TMI. Um, my son's death definitely affected me a lot more than it probably should have. And I know you're probably hearing me say this and going like, what the fuck, Jesse? Anybody's son's death would affect him. My son was only like 30 hours old when he passed. Um, my ex-wife and I had triplets. But sweet Jesus, like and something 
that's something I've been recognizing over the last um, six months of my sobriety or whatever, just like how much I've let specific events in the last few years really define who I not necessarily am, but how I've reacted to life. Um, and uh, I don't know, really know where I'm going with that, but I don't know, just something about that, like really resonates, especially in the last six months. Like I've been trying to change and shift that whole thought process of having more Wayneisms, not really giving a fuck and just kind of like taking a deep breath and being like, how does this really affect me in the current situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard sometimes like, or a lot of times, um, I, I definitely tend to, I know I overthink shit all the time, but just that whole, I don't know. I, I would like to get to a point where I'm definitely more towards the Wayne side, but I would like to, I don't know. I think being that far over though is also, I don't know. That could also be unhealthy as well. If that makes any sort of sense. I don't know. Right. Like you can definitely take the Wayne attitude to a destructive place. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Like you could take it to a place where, uh, like Fabian was saying, uh, you know, you got supernovas that can just consume an entire world. Doesn't fucking matter. You you know, 60 years of marriage, somebody, one of you is going to fucking die. Doesn't fucking matter. You can take that to an extreme where you really just stop caring, which is a kind of death, but I don't like a kind of walking death, but I don't think that it is necessarily ego death. Uh, and I've experienced that too recently in the last couple of years or so as, as a defense mechanism, because you cared so much. Yeah. You, no, hundred percent. You shut down you, to protect yourself. You kind of like did the armadillo thing and you curled up, you went back into your shell and you, uh, it was I, a kind I, of armor, but with... I crawled into a bottle. It wasn't necessarily a shell, but sorry. No, I mean, just to be no, bl- I mean, brutally honest. Yeah. Uh, uh, bottles are pretty hard. Um, but when it comes to ego death, it's like, or Wayneism, I, I might just call it Wayneism. Wayneism. Wait, yeah. That. Just call it Wayneism for now on. Yeah. This is Good. where the new, this is where our new religion starts, uh, or my new religion starts. Um, when it comes to Wayneism, uh, as we watch the show, Wayne gets his ass kicked a lot and never cares about it. So the, like you were searching for a self-defense, you were searching for an armor to protect you from the hurt with Wayneism, It's like the armor is unnecessary. The armor, you, you, you take the hits because they happened. Okay. And, and I would like to, I would like to get to that point eventually. Like I, I recognize that um, for me anyways, I'm definitely still in a point where I I am still processing a lot of stuff, even on the daily. Like today, today has been a very exhausting, emotional, mental, physical day. And I, there's no really particular reason why. Things are good. Uh, my... Um, I found out today from like my payroll HR lady that my... Um, 
what's it called? My garnishment for child support or whatever has been reduced for nice. whatever reason. But not by much, but still silver lining. Hey, like um, the garnishment for child support to yeah kids who it, have that you don't get to see and who yeah have money because they're they're very well to do off and that's perfectly fine. I I know I'm doing my part and that makes me feel good, but like no, um, I don't know. Like today wasn't particularly over stressful. And I, I don't know. I don't know how much of that is just my ADHD, ADD brain that's just overstimulated a bit much just because we had a couple call-ins today. So I did a heck of a lot more than I normally do, but right. like I shouldn't be as burdened as I am. But like I got out of work today and I was just like, dude, blah. I don't know. I don't know. No. Sorry. Tangent. So I think. No tangent. So at the risk of putting my foot in my firmly in my mouth. Kind of what I'm thinking with the death of your son, um, your ego, your the the concept of yourself that you were married to, that you were attached to, was as the father of that child, right? The you had this idea, this concept of a future that you oh, didn't get. It was a hundred percent. Yeah, no, I definitely felt like, like just the, the robbing of like the idea of, cause I had so many hopes and expectations, like, right. But also, you know, recognizing how much all of that, that did happen. Cause my ex and I had premature Christmas triplets mm-hmm. and we knew that was a possibility. Them being born early complications um, I think a lot of it too for me has just been coming to the realization like those are the consequences of our actions of going through with you know fertility treatments the way that we did just mm. I don't know just a combination of a lot of things in general without getting too into it right Um, but, but yeah and when your son passed or when, when your son died uh, that was Fabian's supernova going off. That was that was the end of the world. Right? Uh, easily. There was and, a... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, there was the end of the world because you, your world that you'd constructed for yourself, your, your, like, your future image, uh, was this incredibly important thing to you, and it, which is fantastic, but you'd like you'd latched yourself onto that. And then when it blew up, you were, you, it took, it took you with it kind of thing. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get to with ego death, where it's like my concept of ego death, where it's like you, you can, you could love somebody. You could love your son. You can be, sad and you can I'm having a hard time getting there you can you can uh, people in general not just me need to get to a point of appreciating the the essence or the time spent or just 
Um, damn, I saw a post earlier today. I wish I could pull it up on the stupid medias of social platforms. Um, you can meet somebody who's going to set your entire world on fire. And the sad truth is, is you are, you might not ever get to spend your life with them. You might just get like, yeah. you know, a minute. And that is a hundred percent true. That's not just with my son, but with other people in life as well. Um, and if you, if you attach your, your ego to those people and then they're taken away either because they don't want to spend, they don't want to spend their lives with you. Um, you, they die or, uh, a myriad of reasons yeah yeah a myriad of reasons like the same ways that you can attach your self to somebody else's concept of you and then when that turns out not to be the case then that can you take that person like it causes pain like all of these things cause pain and you can reach a point where it's like you can still like this person but then if they tell you to like Sorry, Fabian, we're a couple episodes in the future. When they tell you to go away, when they tell you not to follow them, you just go, okay, that sucks. But you don't, like, it doesn't have to destroy you because, like, you haven't made that, like, an integral part of your identity or your ego because you don't have one. You don't, ah, I'm still trying to put these ideas together. And like, like a constant state of ego death. That's the whole point of Wayne's character. Like, there's no... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and... Um, to get back... To get back to the episode, if you don't mind. Uh, they... Uh, uh, Breaks his landlord's arm, whatever. Uh, doing a Bugs Bunny bullshit with a meat stick and a dog. Um, he meets Dell. What did you guys think? Uh, Fabian, you haven't talked in a while, if you're still interested in talking. Uh, what did you think of Wayne's relationship with Dell, like kind of initiating in this episode? I just listened to a podcast where two comedians were talking about how back when you were in grade school, uh, you didn't just necessarily ask a girl to be your be your girlfriend or ask if you could be their boyfriend. It's like often like the tribe would decide like, okay, Jamie and Alan need to be boyfriend girlfriend, and like the the tribe of boys would come talk to Alan, and the tribe of girls would go talk to Jamie, and then they'd meet up somewhere on the playground where the teachers couldn't see and make them kiss, and people would ever watch. And I was like, I kind of remember the tribe connecting people thing back then. And one of the comedians was like, "Yeah, I just asked this girl, like, hey, you want to be my want to be my girlfriend?" And she's like, "Fuck, you're weird." And he's like, "I didn't know you weren't supposed to just be so like outright with that. How weird that was." And in this episode, he just asks her after like, you know, "Hey, you want me to be your boyfriend?" It's like yeah. goes back to the 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 autism spectrum piece. Um, and I thought there was something wonderfully innocent about it as well. That was refreshing because like they're young kids. And it doesn't have to be like that the gnarliness in their life manifests through like carnal whatever. Like there's enough gnarliness in their life. They can just like be this like little thing of like, hey, you don't hit me and you haven't yelled at me yet. But we cuss at each other. Don't fuck with me. Well, you haven't fucked with me yet. So I guess we'll give this five more minutes. I thought it was sweet. 
Yeah. Like their relationship is so incredibly sweet in this weird juxtapositional way. <laughs> uh, like within five seconds of meeting Dell, uh, after yelling at her, like, ah, what do you want? It's like, you want to buy some cookies? And he just stares at her. And then he goes, you want to come inside? Like, do you invite strangers into your home like that? Do you... Nobody fucking does that. But obviously, Wayne is smitten with her. And she goes, you're not going to do anything weird, are you? He's like, no, I'm not going to do anything weird. Like, we like, what? See your feet. Uh, this other guy asked to see my feet. I don't want to see your feet. And just the the matter-of-fact way he says it. He says it with the same innocence that he says later, uh, you want to be my girlfriend or whatever? And she kind of matches his innocence after after he asks her, what kind of music do you like? Oh, I like rap. And the, the, he puts on heavy metal and starts dancing. I guess you could call that dancing. Hey, that's uh, that's that's slam dancing. He was doing some fine slam dancing. All right, was he? Is that is that a thing? <laughs> like I thought he was just he wanted to dance but doesn't know how, but also has no attachment to the idea of dancing well or dancing to impress anybody. So he obviously, just knows how he wants. Obviously, you've not been to enough punk shows, Corwin. No, I, I mean, do I? I don't. I don't know. Um, so he does the dancing thing. And then he's like, so almost like he's like, surely she's been impressed by my mating dance. Uh, <laughs> you want to be my girlfriend or whatever? It's like, you, you're going to buy some cookies. And so they come to this. It feels like Dell is fucking with him. And this is a constant throughout the show. Dell fucks with him and he doesn't, he just does not understand because he's black and white. He, there's truth and there's lies. There's He doesn't understand what being fucked with is. So she's like, you buy some cookies, I'll think about it. Or something like that. And so immediately, black and white, that's my next quest. I need money to buy cookies. Because then she'll be my girlfriend. And there's such an innocence to it that is in weird contrast to uh, after he goes to the the school because he needs he's going to sell his nunchucks to his friend uh the real I, Jap the real ones from Jap japan the real the, the real legit ones from japan fuck yeah, yeah. uh i, I gotta admit i felt very called out on that whole like just you kind of nailed it on the head the whole uh um that whole innocence that black and white thing because i find myself doing that in life a lot too like if i'm told how to do something a very specific way at work like that gets locked into my brain that's just how you do it mm -hmm. and the fact that or, or even um what's a better example uh playing video games um i currently am playing a, a jrpg pixelated jrpg made by square enix and no it is not final fantasy um but just like any role-playing game you can play like there's so many different ways you could play it um and i find myself struggling just to 
sit and enjoy and play it the way I would play it and be okay with it because no one is telling so me that yeah. yeah no one's There's telling so many me options you're it's doing it much. right or you're doing it wrong yeah it's way too much way too much um yeah so he goes to the school he uh he's just on his quest is like I need some fucking cookies because I like this girl and he goes to sell his nunchucks and he has kind of like it feels a little bit like a a little heavy-handed expositiony um to be honest um which i think wayne would appreciate but he has a conversation with the principal and you know has the whole scene where uh you know he barges in he's like that's not my stuff in my locker uh, because he's fucking gone from the school and he looks at the kids and he's like get out and the principal says, no, don't, you don't have to do what he says. And the kids go, no disrespect, but this, this crazy motherfucker will come to my house. He won't. <laughs> he won't. And so they get the fuck. And the principal's just like, ah, fuck it. They're not wrong. Um, and then they get out. And then the, con- the principal has a conversation with Wayne uh, that you alluded to earlier, where it's like everything is either right or wrong. Like there are the defined rules. Wayne understands very well. It's the undefined rules. Like you don't just ask a girl to be your girlfriend. You don't just add, you don't just do that. It's, and, and this is throughout every interaction he ever has where it's like, you don't, you're not, you don't do that. Well, the rules that say you don't do that are kind of these ephemeral, like, as that that's the rule. Yeah. So to Wayne, they don't exist. Um, and the principal talks to him about, you know, you're a lot like your dad. Uh, you, if you go around writing every wrong, that's all you'll ever do. And it has zero effect on Wayne because five seconds later, he goes out and he just grabs a trumpet and smashes a kid's teeth out. Why? Because that kid was beating up Wayne's friends. And so it came into conflict with the, like, you don't beat up, you don't beat up people who are weaker than you. You don't beat up my friend, especially. He dealt with it in a very black and white way. Um, so yeah, I kind of wonder what Wayne would do in an, in a situation where somebody like three people cut him off in line, picking up his kids from school. I kind of wonder if he wouldn't get out of the car and like bang on the windows and say, Hey, or not even, he probably wouldn't bang on the windows. He'd just stand in front of their car and stare at them. Russian and, dash cam style, just pulls an ax out of the back of his moped. Just, I don't know. <laughs> not an ax, a hammer. Hammer. You just carry ham- a hammer? I, I have a hammer. hammer. I have a hammer. Yeah. We got a hammer. Um the so he knocks the kid's teeth out, has his like sells his dad's titty mags on credit <laughs> to his friend. Uh goes to buy the cookies. First thing Dell does is just fuck with him. Like he, she just constantly fucking with him. You trying to break into my house? No. She stares at him. No. Because he doesn't understand. He doesn't, he doesn't understand 
those those little in, those unsaid intricacies that everybody else just has instinctually he doesn't get it and they have a incredibly sweet interaction where uh she tells like she lays out the rules which those are the best rules ever i'm sorry i'm just gonna say it like, right now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cook you food unless I'm also making something for me. Not gonna I'm not gonna hold your sweaty hand. hand. And like, I don't like I don't like romanticism. Don't want val- a stupid Valentine's on Valentine's Day. And I think Wayne is like, okay, like somebody is telling him how it's supposed to work, and he's like, fucking, all right, this is the best. Um. Never makes eye contact because that's an, that's another. Uh, he didn't even know her thing. name until then either. No, uh, it's like, oh, that's funny. My name's Wayne too. Really? No. <laughs> um, and it's not short for nothing, so don't ask. It was also fucking yes. with him. Yeah, and he, but he just accepts it because for a guy who just smashed somebody's teeth out with somebody else's trumpet, he is incredibly innocent. Like, what, are, what is Del short for? I for, I, already, uh, I already forgot. Delilah. Delilah. That's right. Yeah. Um. I kind of think, kind of think of it. I kind of think he just doesn't. She doesn't want him to call her the same thing that her dad. Her dad her. does. Yeah. Because her dad always says Delilah. Uh, and then they have a sweet interaction, and you know, I'm gonna run for Maya, and. Wayne's like, really? She's like, no, you fucking idiot. Uh, I'd vote for you. And she kisses him. And it's, you see Wayne emote. Like, you see him smile for the first time. And it's very, and then she, it's, ah, it's so sweet. And then she's like, you want to go cut, you want to go cut snakes in half with a shovel? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then. I hate doing chores. Like, oh, this is okay. Apparently, this is a thing Boston kids do. They kept snakes. Um, but it's just, I am in love with the relationship between Dell and Wayne because Dell is very different from Wayne, but just her particular brand of fucked up works perfectly with Wayne's particular brand of, of fucked brand up. Of fucked up. Her crazy matches his crazy. Yeah. Like she has, she has to, she's like, she wants to say say rules for how their relationship is going to work. If they're going to have one. And he's like, yes, please. Thank you. Just tell me how this is supposed to work. And I'll do that. Cause I like secretly Wayne's a sub. He just doesn't know it yet. I mean, he's a sub (laughs) who, if you were to call like, Oh, you're a bottom or you're a sub. He'd be like, Okay, he's more or less a switch more than anything because he has his dom tendencies. Yeah, I mean he'll smash your teeth out with a fucking trumpet if you. That's true. Um, do you guys? uh, This is probably just me, but do you guys find yourself slipping into a Boston accent when you're when you watch this? It's such a fun accent. Sometimes, sometimes the uh, Dell's dad, like. You can't help but hate his character. Mm. Like, you want to put... He... Spoilers. This is still in the first episode. Like, Wayne bites his fucking nose off 
And part of my brain was like, good. I hope he gets to walk around looking like Skeletor, like a fucked up Boston Skeletor for a hot minute. Like, good God, dude. Just that first interaction, whenever he was talking to, when he kicks Wayne in the back, like, sweet Jesus. What a douchebag. What a, what a way to meet, meet your in-laws. <laughs> taking a flying kick to the back. Yeah. Uh, it's a much more honest way to meet your in-laws than I've ever experienced, but um the if we could all be so honest so yeah like you meet uh Dell's dad who's a complete douchebag and i think has the worst boston accent but is probably going to turn out like he's the only actor actually from boston so boston <laughs> um and your brothers her fucking dickhead brothers Dude, uh, the the i'm sorry I, if i am cutting you off you just tell me to shut up like no, go ahead uh, the the whole like that whole interaction between Dell's dad kicking Wayne and then just that whole like five minute interaction between Dell, Dell's dad, and Dell's brother and Dell's and like Dell's dad. Like you realize just how fucked up their relationship is mm-hmm. and like how much he doesn't real like even though his dad is protesting the whole time to his own sons. But how much of a sh- like how much of a dumb shits they actually are? He doesn't realize how much he's contributing to that. Like it's just, I don't know, just stupid all the way around. But as over the top as the as the show is, things like that are so incredibly realistic. Yes. At the same time, like you got this vigilante kid going around, uh, doing like none none of this is realistic. This kid would already be in juvie at this point if this was real life. But at the same time, you have things like exactly that. Uh, he's contributing to the shitheadedness, the idiocy of his of his sons uh, by calling them idiots and calling them shitheads. That's f- so fucking real. And I love that. Um, and just like the- as... Another aside, I fucking love her brothers. As awful as they are, as we watch the show, you can't, you cannot help but love those two fucking morons. Ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go get some ice cream. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, just wait. Flappy Jack. They're, anyway. they're the, like, they're the epitome of male masculine toxicity Mm -hmm. in america today like that's that's their whole entire role it's just how that how that perpetuates because as we'll as we'll see as we go through the show uh they are trying to emulate their dad like they hold their dad up as the pinnacle of what they should be and the result of that is this stupid brand of toxic masculinity in them uh but anyway so wayne leaves uh dad fucking dies uh wayne i hate to have to tap out but i've got to get to bed so i can get up early again tomorrow take these kids to school well before you go did you have anything Mm -hmm. else you wanted to i'm sorry i feel like we talked over you did was there anything else you wanted to like any impressions or it's kind of awesome to um get to just like chime in when I wanted 
and not yeah. feel like I'm like carrying anything, but just be able to participate. Like this was actually a very, very, very fun approach. Good. I dig it. You're in the meeting. You're not having to facilitate the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And also I'm a little tired. Normally I would have ch- probably chimed in with more things, but like the things that I, that kind of, I got to listen to and have thoughts about and link things together between ego death and, um, and the dodge. So like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have more control when you accept less that, you, you know, those people weren't judging anything on me. Sometimes shit just happens. All of a sudden that gives you more control somehow. I'm loving playing with these thoughts. And so, I mean, uh, yeah. I, it's been a good, it's been a good conversation. I'll, I do get, all right, cool. Well, have a good night, Fabian. Yes, and Jesse, Thanks for I'll joining see you us. Around. You wanna you wanna join us again next Thursday? You wanna watch episode I'll, two? I'll, if I'm here, I'll be I will. Okay. Well, just let me know what the what a good day is. Right on, man. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Have a good one, Fabian. Um. Yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no oh, just in general, uh, though. Fabian said something like, "You're always in control. Like it gives you more control over a situation." Uh, which made me think of a scene very soon after Wayne's dad dies. Uh, Wayne just, he goes and he, he goes and gets Del. Why? It's, it's his girlfriend, right? You know, that's a rule he can understand where, you know, you take your girlfriend with you if you're going to go on a trip. Uh, so he shows up there and Del, who is the exact right kind of fucked up, is just like, hey, you want to go to Florida with me? Why? To go get my dad's car. Let me go get my swimsuit. Uh, I, I need a bikini. And she goes and she does <laughs> that. And then as they're leaving, uh, Wayne has, because Wayne is doing something to you, which to you and I would be fucking insane, right? He's walking. He set somebody's doghouse on fire. And he's just waltzing into the house to get his girlfriend. He walks right behind the brothers. He's breaking Best and entering. Distraction ever. And he's to to you and I, we wouldn't be in nearly as much control. But because Wayne has achieved that, e- or it just lives in that ego death, he is in complete control the entire time. And then when they're leaving, Wayne has already wheeled out a TV. Above the staircase, because, okay, well, I mean. <laughs> he had time to go there's... find the TV on a stand, just like, all right, yeah. here we go. Uh, well, you know, she had to get her bikini, so he had time to look around. Um, wheels out the TV, and you and I probably wouldn't have even thought to do this. Uh, but because Wayne is not, he's not concerned. He's got a complete lack of concern at every level. He wheels out the TV. She comes out and she's like, we gotta go! Which is what you and I would do. We're like, we gotta Wait. get the fuck out of here. Wayne is like, okay. I can already tell these guys know we're here. There's only one way to get up here, and it's up that staircase. I got a really heavy thing. Wait. Like, she, he puts a hand out. It's like, wait. They start coming up. Shit talking. Then they start coming up. They start coming up, and he simply... Drops a TV on him. Problem solved. Done. <laughs> and then I love they... the I love the whole forethought that like Wayne had the time. The Wayne has that stupid ability that I wish I had to just stop and see the whole situation for as it is. 
and to take it like that's the whole the ego death thing he takes himself out of the situation and can just yeah because as a third party you're always you always have a clearer picture like when you're outside of a situation than when you are in the situation wayne is both in the situation and outside of it at the same time i wish i could do that more i I'm, i need to strive to do that more ego death or at least my again my concept of ego death might be totally wrong i don't know i might need to come up with a new wayneism wayneism we, wayneism. 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 Um, and he drops a fucking tv on her but he still has the the wherewithal to say sorry about your brothers on the way out and then <laughs> uh comes a, comes upon an adult man who has like a hundred pounds on him and it's like where are you going my daughter we're leaving like that's it look we're going um and when the guy tries to stop him you know he gets a couple of good hits in but the hits he gets in are back to like there are rules for everything like we have rules that everybody well not everybody but for the most part, people just kind of understand on an instinctual level. One of the rules is if you get into a fight, you don't hit the balls and you don't bite people's noses off. <laughs> For Wayne, who has no attachment to those, if you, even if somebody were to tell him, like, okay, here are the rules, don't do these things, Wayne would just... N- he would probably accept those rules and follow them, but he would be, he wouldn't understand them the way you and I do. Uh, cause you know, yeah, we're fighting, but we don't, we don't really want to hurt each other. Uh, Wayne is like, I've got Wayne has nothing keeping him from doing things like just, you're trying to hurt me. Okay. I'll just, I got teeth here. You got a nose there. The two shall meet. And then, your nose will leave your face. The when that fight happened, I my brain immediately went to this uh, comic book that I read way back in the day called Desolation Jones, and it's an interaction between a very much the same situation. I got the main character who's like a buck five, soaking wet, and like somebody who weighs like you know two seventy five or something like that, and. Desolation Jones, the main character, literally just takes his thing, his finger and goes like he kicks him in the nuts and then he pokes him straight in the eye as hard as he can. And yep. it's like when it comes to a fight, it's like you just got to something to the effect of like how much if you want to win a fight, you've got to make a decision about how much you're willing to fuck the other person up. Yeah, like there's there's so many things that you could do to another body. Like we all have bodies. We know what hurts those bodies. You just take the things that you know would really suck Sensitive and you make areas. sure that it happens to that other person. Yo. But we, we resist that. We like, there's something in us. We don't want to do, we don't want to take it that far. Is that but the human we, in us or is that the, the, we don't want to be the guy who, we don't want to be the person who does that. <laughs> like, but Wayne who has no attachment to any view of him, of any outside view of who he is as a person has no limiter. Like he just like, all right, you, you're hurting me. I'll bite your, I'll bite your nose off. And it's, he doesn't even do it viciously. 
He doesn't like ah and Very bite the nose off. Meticulously and slowly, which is the hardest part for me about that whole situation. It's I, I don't know if it was that was a stylistic choice just to I, I think be that like was a we're gonna relish choice. we're gonna relish <laughs> the idea that this kid is about is biting this guy's nose off. Like and he feels no animosity. Like every fight he ever gets into, he doesn't really feel any animosity. It's just okay, this is what we're doing now. He Mike and, Tyson that nose. And, and then he goes to Dell and he's like, Your dad ain't got no nose no more. <laughs> just stating it matter of factly. Yeah. Just as his dad died. Okay. Yeah. My dad died. Your dad ain't got no nose no more. Like he's got zero attachment to a conceptual future or like his lack of attachment, but he is not completely free from attachments because he really loved his dad. He likes his friend. He loves Dell. He's, I don't know. It's this we. I'm still trying to make it make sense in my head how these concepts can be, can exist uh, in one brain. I think they can. I think that it's possible. Because it makes sense to me on some level that I'm having a hard time verbalizing. Yeah, I guess the my main question is like, what is it that you're trying to like? What is it you're trying? What's the whole point? Like, what is it you're trying to? What are you getting at here? Like, what is what is the main point you're trying to make or make sense in your brain? The fact that somebody has this ability or why somebody has this ability? that that this is an ability that somebody can have and that it can be a positive thing and not Fuck. a destructive yeah. thing it, it and, can be a positive thing that can be applied to not just like it can be applied to real life situations yeah like to a degree yeah you or i could adopt the same attitude is if we could conceptualize it, uh, but there is a pitfall, a possible uh, destructive aspect to it, where you go too far. The you go too far, like you, you're the you're the guy who bites somebody's nose off, doesn't care, but also doesn't create new attachments because he doesn't care. Like there's a difference between not caring and not being affected. Does that make sense? makes sense actually that makes sense uh so, with that sir uh, i am actually going to hop off here myself and yep, i was trying to get to the end out. of the episode no you're uh, good you're good um uh we will pick this back up next thursday or whatever day works best for all of you guys let all me right. know um uh, i gotta go crash out and say hey to miss alicia who just walked through the door Okay. And see yeah, how the rest of her day was. Hi, Alicia. I don't. She can't hear me. She can't. <laughs> but, <laughs> nice try. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk right. to you later, and I'll let you know when this gets uh, published. All right. Cool. Thank you, sir. You yeah. guys have a good one. You too. Bye. All right.